Evening everyone, welcome and thanks for joining me. Um, excuse my uh, winter attire, it's a little cold in our house tonight. Got my cup of tea as per usual and I'm about to have a chat with um, none other than uh, Daryl Thompson aka DLT, which I'm super excited about. Um, you know, on reflection, I really thought about it and like, I feel like there isn't an aspect of our, um, our scene back home in Aotearoa that this guy hasn't impacted in some way from being one of the first um, in one of the first uh, you know pioneering hip-hop groups Upper Hut Posse um, you know being one of the founding members of Damn Native Sup Daryl um, if you see the request there we go we got him here so save me rambling for too long just connecting now. What's up, man? Hey, how's it? Yep. Can you hear me all good? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Man, that was that was swift because uh, usually I, I ramble for at least 10 minutes uncomfortably before people get on. So <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I watched Claude's. How I you watched... been, man? Uh, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Thank you. Oh, sorry, you were saying? I watched Claude's one in... Um... The beginning was a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you try to be as comfortable as possible just talking to a camera by yourself, but some people can do it, you know, all these YouTubers and these people that go live constantly, uh, I still feel super awkward, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks for not letting me, you know, <laughs> you know, feel awkward for too long. <laughs> um, so I was just... I was just doing a little bit of an introduction just for those people that know. So I was just saying um, after Claude's interview and, um, and actually you appeared in the comments and, and reminded us of um, uh, what the obscure color he was talking about was, which was spray coat talk, a color I've never seen. So it must've been super obscure. Um, and only someone from your guys era would have, would have probably known that, but um and and then I sort of just got to reflecting because I've been working on the text for this this uh, book project, and uh, man, your your name it just comes up so often, bro. It's like it comes up a lot, um, and especially at some real key moments for concerning our crew, uh, which we'll we'll get to, um, but just generally, obviously, because um, you've been involved in a lot of stuff, so we've got a lot to <laughs> lot to chat about. So. Okay. Obviously, you're a founding member of Up Art Posse, you know, which yeah. is which is big because, you, as far as I know, are you, you guys were the first hip hop group to get signed label in New Zealand. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Whoop, you cut yeah. out there for a second. Uh, mm, yeah, yep. Yeah, we're in, with, we're in a storm. We're in a storm here. You're from. Oh, damn. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll bear with you, man, just in case. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah. so you're originally from Miami, then you moved to the hut, presumably at some point? Yep. Yeah, I grew up in Hawke's Bay. Uh, my mum was from here. Mm -hmm. And when I was a teenager, I got disheartened with school, so I hightailed it down to the Hutt Valley to um, one of my relations' house, who was kind of like my oldest cousin, like the only person I trusted on earth besides my grandmother. 
So mm-hmm. I went and lived with him. Yeah. And that was an upper hut. And what? And were you were you already painting at this point, or did that come no. later once you moved down? No, it, it, that happened once you were in the hut. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so you wrote you wrote your your original graffiti name was Slick, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. So how did how did how did this graffiti thing happen? Like, was it the same as like with Claude and other people? Like, you saw Star Wars, or how did that happen? Um. Okay. Tagging old school graffiti in New Zealand before any hip hop, you know, where where people have somehow attached their name to a surface. Whether it was on uh, dirty windows or, or with a marker pen or even scribed, you know, those scratching shit. So I knew that this thing existed. In about 1981, I watched The Warriors. And there's that scene where um, uh, initially the, the, the guy in the movie tells the tagger guy in the crew, yo, let everyone know The Warriors was here. Check any of that. <laughs> that didn't, didn't make sense of any of that shit till later. But there's a scene where they're in the in the toilet and they have a rumble, and at the end the guy pulls out the red spray can and spray cans the W on the toilet wall, and then jetted <laughs> and was like, "Yeah, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> a revelation." Now that's some shit. Yeah, yeah, that's some yeah. shit right there. I wish I was in a. Mm-hmm. I wish I was in a gang. And I was that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. But we didn't have a gang. So, that guy. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so how did it progress from that point? Like, how did you kind of put two and two together? Of, like, how this was being done and, like, start finding your resources to, to actually, right. you know, take your paint? <laughs> the, the- this is one of my most favoured shared moments in my hip hop career, and that is one Tuesday, mm-hmm. rainy Tuesday night in May, in Hut Valley, <laughs> in Upper Hut. Um, nothing was on. It was like eight thirty at night. I turned the TV mm-hmm. on to Channel Two, and it was the Tuesday mm-hmm. documentary. And the Tuesday documentary played Style Wars. Wow! Unbelievable shit. That was like yeah. God came through the sky and pierced my brain with a lightning bolt <laughs> because of that yeah. doco. <laughs> and I went to bed, I went to bed that night and I decided next day I was going to be a graffiti artist. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. It had, that, it had an impact. It had that, that impact on people. And did you even sleep or did you sit yeah. there already plotting and scheming about how you were going to, how you were going to do no, that? I, I, I was already, I already knew where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never wanted a job more in my life. I wanted to buy paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Do you remember do you remember your first piece? Yeah. What yeah. what did what did so tell us about There's a photo of it. There's a photo of it on my Facebook. It's a gold Yep. It's um black, gold and green. <laughs> mm. Good, good combination. Was, yeah. Well, that was yeah, yeah. That was, that was me palleting out of you know eight possible colours. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote a nice 
<laughs> I wrote a, a cool stuff. You know, since look, since watching the Warriors and um, the you know Star Wars, then your eye instantly trained to the background of movies, and you mm -hmm. became um, a style hunter. You know, yeah. looking at um, mm -hmm. different tag types and the likes. So, mm. so you became a fan of seventies um, and eighties New York movies. Don't give mm -hmm. a fuck what the mm -hmm. film was about. You watched yeah. the film to see the background, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that That's helped guide very... us to, you know, from basic block lettering to, oh my god, did you see the S on the background of that cop chase? You know, mm -hmm. and it was like <laughs> they started even, to... even, yeah, even the start of Welcome Back, Cotter. Had had trains with graffiti running, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah cool shit. And this is this is to totally pre-internet. I mean, I I remember being, you know, even at fourteen, fifteen, trying to get my hands on any type of resource, and even then it was scarce. I mean, I yeah. I think we had. I got a copy of um, Subway Art that had no cover, and it had about four different people who had owned it and drawn all through it. You know, I had no idea what the cover looked like. And I think, you know, yeah, yeah. half a dozen of the magazines I had came from Tank. You know, there were hype magazines and things that he, he took pity on us and gave us, gave us, yeah. you know, his, his old magazines he yeah. didn't want anymore. But, but yeah. I imagine how it is for you guys, because it, it was like any type of resource, any type of, you know, information you could get would have been so scarce. You, you would have seriously been looking anywhere for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So after um, Star Wars, the buffer, and it actually, had mm. technique you know mm -hmm. you, you actually I, I remember seeing Buffalo Girls for like the first time and thinking I'll never do that I'll never attain such skill did you see see that guy with that black line that liner what the yeah. fuck how you do like yeah exactly the challenge was on I've seen it done once I've seen something done physically with my own eyes with someone's hand mm -hmm. it, it can be done you know so yeah yeah off we went. <laughs> Bro, when there was like... It's so exciting. Did you... Six graffiti artists in the whole town in Wellington. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Who who else was painting at that time? Uh, I I mean, I believe Swerve was, was early, right? He was he was around? Was he later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. not all of those dudes. Um, mm. Cos, of course. Cos was, mm -hmm. you know, all up in Frosty there. Came. Running shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn, it's crazy. So, Good so days, you man. guys did. Good days. Did you guys all you guys all hung out back then and like all painted together, or or you were all kind of doing your own we thing? Kind, we we were kind of um, all competing against one another in different b-boy crews. Like most mm -hmm. riders were b-boys first, and yeah. then became riders after that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was kind of um, that, we were. We were frenemies. We were frenemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And so, so I, I've yeah. I've seen a, I've seen a few photos like from back then. Like um, every now and then, I I come across one. Like there was a, I saw a slick piece that you'd done that was painted somewhere, like in Manawatu, like maybe just outside of Palmerston North. That was under a, a bridge. I don't know who showed me that photo, but I'd seen I've seen little bits. But you know, you know, I'm I'm so a little bit was always a bit ignorant about the Wellington scene to a point, you know, like um I always 
kind of was aware of you in Auckland because you obviously came to Auckland super early. Like, um, did you guys moved up? Is, is that yeah, 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 yeah. About 1988, end of 88. Right. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember like, from the get, you know, you're one of the What's... first first uh, people I, I saw, you know, really up and around because you were painting murals as well, you know, and, and I remember the um, uh, the first version of the first iteration of the Wall of Fame out of New Lynn because my father lives in New Lynn and my mother lives in Morningside. So I was between the two neighborhoods. And when that first wall happened, I mean, it was like, I'd never seen anything really like it because it was a full scale mural, graffiti mural with characters yeah. and, yeah, yeah. you know, and everything, yeah. you know, and it was, and so I was like very aware from that point, but I, I still, I, I didn't know much about the Wellington history up to that point, you know? Yeah. Wellington, uh, Wellington hip hop history is pretty fusing. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was sort of taken over by um, marketing strategies from advertising agencies or radio stations mm -hmm. or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, she belonged to the streets, hip hop and welly. You know? The awkward yeah, yeah. thing is um, get cash, get paid up. That's why we moved to Auckland in the first place. It was like struggle at home yeah. and be the king mm -hmm. of the neighborhood. When mm -hmm. the, the posse, we had a copapa to take to the, the mutu at least. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, Auckland just yeah. being that kind of a, that that commercial hub, because we we used to feel that like we definitely used to feel that when we go down to Wellington and connect with Curb and all those guys like later on, um, that it was it was still uh, counterculture. Hip hop wasn't the mainstream. Whereas for us growing up in Auckland, it was like it felt like everybody was into it at least. And and the graffiti yeah. scene, every kid, especially in the early nineties, had you know, whether they actually really wrote or not, you know, like they, they had a tag, you know, and um, it just felt like there was, you know, you go down there and they were a really small, tight-knit and kind of insular scene, you know. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I guess I can, mm -hmm. I can see that. I imagine they would have been more more extreme when you were down there as well. You would have really been against it, you know. It was just um, fundamentalism, elemental fundamental. Mm -hmm. It's you know, <laughs> yeah. Wellington was um <laughs> Wellington was pure, you know. She she loves it yeah. that way. She did mm -hmm. her um her roots are in keeping it on the street, which is cool, mm -hmm. you know. Auckland mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. yeah, like like we know, Auckland has fucking everything at your hands, you know. You can go on T V, you can be hip hop on television, mm -hmm. on the radio, on wherever you choose, you can take your hip hop. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love that, um, that, you know, I put that small clip from that early Upper Hutt Posse interview. I think it's like, it, someone said it's a Taita station, maybe in 87. Yeah. I, yeah. I've always loved that because, man, I saw that years after the fact because, you know, Jill, Jill was such an archivist, so she had, like, everything. We used to go over to Jill's house and watch her, her VHS, like, <laughs> collection of, like, so we'd learn about all the stuff. And the first time I seen that interview, I just, I love that quote. Like, I love what you said about, you know, showing them that you're not idle mind. And I just, I just love that, man. Like, I, that, that just stuck with me, you know, like, and I, and I was like, damn, this dude's, this guy's always had these gems, 
you know, since, <laughs> since way, way back, <laughs> you know, I went back through a whole lot of interviews and like every interview, you got like a crazy quote like that where you just kind of hit them with something. I, I love it. You know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was, um, I, I remember... bro, I was, you know, because we were the first of our shit, I had to learn how to face the public and represent um, myself. So I, I studied yeah. interviews with people like Bob Marley and Lee Perry and oh fucking mm -hmm. hardline motherfuckers who who knew that um even the Malcolm X teachings and so forth was about mm -hmm. not letting the machine manipulate you. Mm -hmm. You know? Even though you have to engage, it's the art of war stuff, even though you've got to engage, you have to protect what what you're on, your mission. And the machine was really good at making us look like fucking apes, you know. Right, so, right, yeah, yeah. So I had to learn at a young age how to fucking get the point across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, I guess and, both yeah. both you and Dean were really, really fierce in that way, like you know, really yeah. to the to the point, you know. Yeah, that that motherfucker, he's the hardest of the hard. So and I had to hang <laughs> with him. So it, it affected me. It rubbed off on me, Just, you know, in a yeah. good, good and bad way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm an old man now with a foul mouth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. we were trying to get to the bottom of a couple of things, and like Charles and I, um, I had a big chat with Charles, not not on one of these. I will do one of these with him soon, but um, we had one just like a long phone conversation because I was trying to work out the kind of timeline, and I know that. He, he came to Auckland, uh, you know, really early. He was super young and he kind of sort of could have gone either way, but he wound up with his uh, stepdad, Nick, um, who I think was working for Waipareira Trust at the time. And he had a really fateful meeting with you. It was kind of an accident that he was even really there hanging out, but you came in looking for some young people to come and participate in that mural in New Lynn, that first one that I just spoke of. And um, I sort of wonder, like, um, if you could speak on a bit of, like, what it was to kind of encounter him at, at that age, because he was bigger than you guys already, but he was only about 13 years old. He <laughs> 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 was a big fuck. He was a big fuck, for sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> I know that, um, like, first of all, what I do, bro, is try to use the status or celebrity, what we call mana, that I have for um, positive mm -hmm. shit, you know? So mm -hmm. during a, um, fuck who was it? it? Might have been John Banks or some idiot doing an mm -hmm. anti-tagging fucking propaganda, hate kids sort of thing going on out west, locking mm -hmm. up cans and making out that um, kids who tag are like fucking crack cooks or something. So, mm -hmm. so, me and Otis and Tippett, we had a thing, we had a crew, and we were, you know, we're doing little numbers here and there, doing whatever we wanted. And mm. I decided, let's go out west and um, approach the pigs mm. and say to them, because some of your, the kids you've been caught catching tagging, and mm. we'll do a class with them. You know, mm -hmm. the idea was a basic design class, you know. Yeah. Or what the what the state known then as an anti tagging class or some shit like that. Anyway, mm -hmm. um so through White Potato and the West Auckland police, we got eleven kids. Mm -hmm. right? We're supposed to have the, they gave us a room 
they gave us materials like paper and pens and all that stuff mm -hmm. and um, a whole shitload of cans and um, they said you can have these walls but we, we need to see some um, design so yep. we, we it's how I met Charles and Truce and fucking Adam Adam was there yep yep um, <laughs> oh fucking creeper and these other cool dudes um Oh, far out. Loke was there. There's tons. What started out with 11 yeah, kids? Yeah. One, mm -hmm. the first day, I said, if you've got a cousin at home or a little brother or sister or an older brother or sister who's a bum and they're into mm -hmm. this kind of shit, bring them. Bring them to class. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. we ended up with 31 of these West Auckland little hardcore <laughs> hooligans, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Was, it was, almost, it was almost intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, well, while we had creeper, them for the... creeper part of our first one as well. <laughs> exactly. Did... Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he, had he, was own... he had security. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had like wow. two personal bodyguards, you know, young Samoan fellas. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Creeper was good. He was a good kid. Anyway, yeah. um that's how I met Charles. And Charles would have been fourteen. Mm. Um all he all he ever wanted to do was eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hangry kid. Yeah. <laughs> like I was on like four bucks an hour, right? And yeah. I was buying that who lunch every day just to shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be able to eat, that's for sure, man. That's, that's yeah, how yeah, he got yeah. his name, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. I, I was there. He was a gr growing lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was a growing lad. Growing lad. Yeah. Actually, um actually a couple of years ago, bro. I um, mm -hmm. handed over his first outlines that he did on that course. You I gave them back before? to him and Janine. Yeah, I got an archive as well. Wow. Yeah, bro. And that was that was a thing to hand yeah. back that kid's first oh. outlines. You know. Oh my god, I can imagine he would have been so emotional, man. Like, because you know, Charles, he's he's got a huge heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, so bro. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Damn. And it's funny, you know, out of the hundreds of cats that I've done courses with and they've handed me little A4 pieces of shit. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, some you keep, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I, I, I think it's crazy, like, how much of a, a, um, a moment those walls are. The, the first version, the Newland Wall, and then the second project where the Wall of Fame, where you guys did the three large murals and Dan Tippett did all that you know, background concepts and everything. You had Merkster on there, you know, and yeah. so, so many of the guys, I mean, this was the envy for all us kids from the city were coming like out just to catch a people. I was going and just hoping that we could take part or something, you know, it was, it was amazing. You know what I mean? And um, it bred a whole wave. I mean, the city had no idea what was coming, you know what I mean? It basically bred a whole generation of, like, hardcore, genuine graffiti writers that were super active and super skilled. When you think about everyone that came out of that, you know, it's wild, you know? Yeah. And looking back, I re recently got my hands on the Wall of Fame doco that got made for Max <laughs> TV. Yeah, yeah. Had a, had a, a watch, and it's, it's, it's just, it's amazing to watch, man. It was just like, Honestly, like, I, I can't even fathom just, like, what an impact they had, you know? And it's so amazing to see all of these, these faces back there. Truce, you know, who was a definite leader and a connector, one of the people that kind of really, he was social. He, he, he hung out with everyone all around the city. He connected us all, you know? 
But yeah, it's, it's like, uh, uh, there's a story. I'll that... tell you a true story, eh? All right, please, no, I'll tell please. you one of our truths. Right. I walked in, this is probably day two, walked into the mm -hmm. class, there's 20 kids sitting around fucking not listening. And mm -hmm. um, as soon as we walked in, they went quiet. I was like, whoa. And I start communicating, trying to talk to these kids, and no one's saying boo, jack shit. Yeah. And then about two hours later, I'm getting fucked off. I'll just fucking mm -hmm. draw you wankers. We'll have a feed soon. Getting a pirate <laughs> in and passing, and passing one of the kids. I said, why is everyone being so fucking quiet? What's going on? And they're like, yeah. oh, truce is the leader. If you get wow. him, if you get him on side, then all those other little Ranui rats will start participating. Mm. So I had mm -hmm. to um, have a confrontation with, with truce. And wow. he was hard, hard. He would have been 14, 15, bro. And wow. he was, he was sitting there, Cock blocking my co papa hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, so he was, yeah. yeah, he was a leader, and um, so was Hennessy, was the Avondale mm. kind of leader. But bro, I didn't yeah. know in this room of 30 kids, there's like three fucking neighborhoods, three different crews. Yeah, or, and a lot of kids that didn't actually get along outside of that yeah. room yeah, previously, yeah. too. Yeah. And we went through. Yeah. Um, I, I've talked to my wife about this when we go out West Auckland and I said, Ooh, mm. see that wall there? My life mm. passed, bef my life flashed before my eyes at that wall. Which, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why? <laughs> and then we had Henderson at the railway station and we look opposite the container, fucking storage, and I said, Oh, there's another wall where my life flashed before my eyes. Mm. It's just, <laughs> why? It's like, well, we're in foreign territory. We're in headhunters' turf and mm. uh, GMs and fucking who, who knows else. Yeah, and whenever yeah. these kids and the crew would get in trouble on the weekends, of course it would be sorted in front of us. They'd come yeah. down and sort shit out, and it was wow. It wasn't easy shit. It wasn't easy yeah. shit. And then you know you had like um, there were other people around too. That there's that kind of generation between yours and ours, which is like the daft guys. Like Merkster was like kind of a big deal at the time, and he's on the wall. He worked on both versions of the New Zealand Wall with you, right? <laughs> So bless yeah. yourself, Mixty, you <laughs> fucking animal. He, he's, he's like one of the most psychotic graffiti guys I've ever known. Yeah, like, he was a so hardcore. He was kind of, if, if he was a Muslim, he'd have a backpack with fucking explosives on. He was that <laughs> kind of fanatical, you know? Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. God loves you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he was, yeah. he was hardcore for, for us. And he the other nothing. Yeah, bro, and the other full-on psychopath who should be running a fucking country in the sand somewhere was Aaron B. Yeah, you know? and I had to, yeah, I had to roll with these two nutters, absolute fanatics about yeah. writing and color blending and beating yeah. down motherfuckers and yeah. <laughs> yeah. capping people. They were just yeah. freaks, bro. They're freaks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying my hardest to be a, a stay-on dad and a hip-hop yeah. artist, and the bros are like, "If you don't come out writing tonight." We're going to yeah. beat you up. We're going to cut you off. Oh. You're, <laughs> you're a <Yeah>. pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. They were, they were really something else, but, you know, really pivotal, pivotal kind of, um, you know, role in the, in the game. And, of course, that's kind of when Tank comes on the scene too, another psycho. So, you know, it's like. Bro, I found him. I found the yep. bro in Palmerston North. We went mm -hmm. down to do some um, some gigs. The natives we went down to do gigs at Highbury because they were having grief in the community. 
and we went down to make some peace, so we put some gigs on. And um, I go around the back of this building for a sesh or something, and there's, mm. fuck, there's this graffiti on the wall, and it's Māori stuff. I've got photos of it. Um, yeah. It's all Māori stuff. And it's like, oh, mm. my God. I wonder who this guy is. He's not from yeah. here. He's taken yeah. up the whole wall of the classroom and fucking filled it up. So I asked mm -hmm. the kids, who did that shit around the corner? And they were like, yeah. oh, this guy called Tank. I was like, okay. If he comes to the gig, point him out. And the break comes to the gig, and they were like, that's him over there. I was like, bro, mm -hmm. you've got to leave Parmi and get to Auckland by us. There's, there's, yeah. We need uh, more um, knowledge in the scene. Yeah. You know, oh, he, had, to influence. he had a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Like a God. hooligan. God damn, yeah. the guy come up and just wreak havoc on Auckland. Oh, he did. You know, the, you know how I met him? Do you know my first encounter with Tank? Me and my friend, we were um, about 16 years old and we were coming down off acid and we were like walking down uh, through the Kingsland shops, heading to a friend's house to, you know, just basically ride it out and watch some TV on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, we're walking past the gas station, just past Bond Street, and this vehicle comes flying past and the door is wide open and there's this guy with long, like a long ponytail and a Metallica shirt leaping out of the car with his hands like Homer Simpson ready to throttle Bart. And he's like, you fucking toys! Like, that's like, who, who the hell is this guy? Like, I had no idea who this guy was. And uh, he, he, they pulled up and it was him and Payne from WL and like, um, I think, I don't know if Dion was in the car. He might have been driving, but it was a few of them. And he came up and he, like, stepped to us. And uh, my friend was from Otorohonga. He's, like, a real tough country boy. And he, he had a good poker face, but he was exhausted, you know. But he just was not back, backing down. And they were, like, face to face with each other. And they were going off. And I was just standing there, like, bewildered. Like, I had, like... I had no idea who this guy was. I had no idea the guys that like heavy metal even did graffiti. Like I, you know, I was just like trying to make sense of this whole situation. And uh, in the end, it, it kind of he realized my friend was like tough, and he stood his ground. He respected it. He sort of went backwards. He was like, well, you know, if I see you around, if I see your shit, I'm gonna destroy it and all that stuff. And hopped in the car and drove off. And my friend was like, oh, bro, he's like. Honestly, man, I'm so glad I didn't have to fight you guys. I'm so exhausted. Like, I would have got my ass whooped. Like, I'm so sure. <laughs> you, you know what's crazy? What's crazy, bro, is um, the brothers are, are fucking amazingly mellow dudes, you know? Yeah. But yeah, fuck, yeah. you put that can in the hand and they turn into, like, psycho motherfuckers, man. <laughs> yeah. Psycho. Well, he was, psycho shit. He, he was an interesting character in the Auckland scene because he was like the puppet master, you know, like he, 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 like he had a certain amount of knowledge and he knew we wanted the knowledge and, you know, from growing up in Sydney and everything and kind of being yeah. so involved, you know, he, he had an advantage and he, he, he played it, you know, and he played us off yeah. against each other a lot, you know, like That's he hilarious. was always pulling the string. Yeah, it's hilarious yeah. because um, when he pulled his shit around us, it would be like, who cares what mozzies are like? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Oh, yeah, that, those like... were those were good days. They were um, they were transitional days, bro. Between the um, mm. the naivety of of basic elemental hip hop, and then mm. the uh, fusion of the machine coming into hip hop mm. and having an affair with it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
and all of a sudden it's like there's rich graffiti artists and you know mm. you know what I'm saying. The shit just yeah, blew up yeah. and everyone everyone had opportunity to take the reins like you have mm -hmm. and the likes of mm -hmm. Otis and myself in our own ways. But yeah, yeah, we all came from the same fucking four streets, you know, in the nineties. Mm. We we were all yeah. K Road, High Street fucking kids, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. And like so, um, at that time, what's so, like, what's so crazy though is like, because you've got to kind of, you know, at that same time you were like really working a lot on music too, like your own stuff. You you've done the joint force stuff. Now the burn time video, like that's another really critical piece of media for me and for my friends, because like as you said, when you were looking in the background of videos to understand and study technique, and like you know looking at things at a certain level and trying to like you know just kind of soak every bit of influence from it like that video was like i mean that was like the benchmark you know what i mean like uh just because it was a toast heaven and i'd never seen stuff that technical and that good and there's some shots of otis painting in the video too so i was like analyzing it you know what i mean it's like that was the whole point of those vids bro was mm -hmm. you know it's like three and a half minutes to promote the single to sell yeah. singles of your song um in the record store right yeah so it was yeah. like wow okay so generally you wear someone else's clothes and try and look as uh wantable as you can but we <laughs> use <laughs> we use the opportunity to teach people who didn't maybe have access to what we did in the cities the basic mm. fundamentals of the culture Mm -hmm. So even if you watch um, Boom Time video, it's like slow mo of where to put your hand when you fucking go into a spin, uh, yep. it's, and it's the cap changing and all that. You know, I put all that yeah. stuff in into um, what edutainment as opposed to pedophilia. Yeah. Oh, you know, you you have to understand. It's like for us that it was it was a big moment, you know. And another really cool kind of crossover is that obviously Jason Rowe lost that who's a member of Smooth Crew, was the main person dancing in the video, uh, him and Robster. But, yeah. you know, so that's that's another nice little crossover as well between, I guess, yeah. this week's conversation yeah. and last week's, which, you know, it was a moment. And to, to do that shit in 1994, 93, whenever it was, mm. um, knowing that this conversation will be had one day is mm. the cycles, that's the shit. That's the shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm just fortunate no enough to, to be here, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's crazy. We've, and so, like, so 95, 95, 96, that's when you do your first solo album and that's when you release Chains, right? In the 95, was it? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. that's another huge moment because that's our fir the first, I mean, I feel like that's the, the, the smash hit rap song, you know? And, it's like even my parents would knew it and will you know oh check this out these guys are local you know cool so that's all happening at the same time yeah 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 <laughs> and raising crazy two kids too. running a house Damn. yeah 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 right had a daughter and a son they were, and they yeah. were mad little at that time so it's yeah like, yeah i'm sure they're at, i'm sure they're full-grown adults now so one's 30. <laughs> well, real yeah wow yeah. I, I, yeah, you yeah. know I, I was thinking i was thinking about how charles's oldest is going to be 21 shortly i think he's gonna be 21 20 or 21 
And um, and I was just thinking, um, damn, that's crazy. One day he's going to be like 30 and that's going to feel so weird. <laughs> like, so weird. <laughs> Can't even fathom, you know? So, yeah, that's, down there that's, on the train tracks. That's cool. That's, um, uh, I would have been a lot more naughty considering um the culture and the art form and the um uh the the jostling yeah. around um the streets against one another you know the general yeah, yeah. getting up and staying yeah. up and being up and but uh the two mm. kids at home were i and being a six foot bull headed Maori guy covered in tattoos at the time mm. uh, the mm -hmm. it was difficult for me to play after dark it was yeah yeah you know, I was pulled up mm -hmm. in an instant. It was only because I mm -hmm. knew my rights from hanging out with criminals mm -hmm. that I that yeah. I could get away with carrying paint and not have be searched. And you know, so um, I had I had non Māori in laws, i.e., mm -hmm. woman from England. So they just couldn't wait for me to fuck up, bro. They <laughs> they, they yeah. considered me cross between a fucking gang member and a drug dealer. Uh, tummy eating kind of guy. Right, right. So I had, I was pushing shit uphill with my relationship with my family. Um, mm. So it was mm -hmm. it was a full on era. It was mad, and it, it explains why yeah. I'm, I wasn't sort of at every party being the happy guy. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was often I was for, like for the whole fucking nineties. I was tired. Yeah, like, yeah. I had yeah. two I kids at imagine. home. I had to be a daytime guy. And I had to write mm. fucking music at night, and you know, it was, mm. yeah. I can't get over though. Like the one thing I, I I know about you is that, um, you know, you're one of those people who who always, you know, you're very got very multi talented. You got a lot of different skills, even skills that people don't know about. You know, so in one aspect, you know, you got the painting, the music, you know, the mentoring and teaching and everything, but then like. You also like um, were doing set building and all sorts because I remember <laughs> right when you were working on like the um, Ultraism album, the Ultraist album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was living, you remember, I used to live in that little warehouse space. It was like our little bootleg version of Toast Heaven that we had on McCalvey <laughs> Street, me yeah. and Icon and Misery and that. And, um, and I came up and you were building this full set for like a TV show, for a kids' TV show. But I came up, I saw you working in there and I came and chewed your air up, you know, asking a million questions as usual. And you were like, do you want to listen to the demos of my my whole album? And you had all oh, yeah. of the demo versions of, of that album. And um, that album was like the first, you know, what you'd say like really international album that you collated like a lot of different, like collaborated with a lot of people from all over the show. So yeah, yeah. So I wonder if we could talk a little bit about that because that was, that was definitely, that was really cool. And I feel like I was—I right. I got a little in insight before everyone else, which was exciting for me, you know. Yeah, weird. The thing with um, the true school was all—it was like eleven local artists, or dudes from the neighborhood, mm. from town mm. um, that we hung out with. Um, the second album was—I I could have done the same thing again, but it would have been tired, you know. Mm. So mm -hmm. what I had to do was consider where's our culture going, and where's it going to be mm -hmm. in the next ten years. This is like. 1999 I think 98 and yeah. I thought fuck it I can um, holler at some dudes from all around the world through um, publishing connections and fucking record label connections 
um, the, mm -hmm. the people I wanted to perform on my music, I couldn't afford. Yeah. And they were, yeah. you know, they're serious artists up in the higher echelons of music. So, haha. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, the idea was to get the local kids who were, how do you say, influenced or following with us or just mm -hmm. behind us to go outside of uh, recording shit in the shed and mm. start thinking more expansive. Um, I'm not not really a collab kind of fella because mm. it's pretty freaky. You have 50% of someone else's uh, mind space you know, coming together if you don't know those people. So, um, mm. yeah, the idea was to get a hold of dudes from overseas. Look, I wanted Linton Queasy John, my album. I wanted Jizza. Mm. I wanted mm. Brother Jay from the X-Clan. All these kids, yeah. these voices I love. These people I love to yeah, listen yeah. to. So, yeah, yeah what, what ended up happening was, bro, I actually wrote a letter, mm. a one-page letter to um, to whom it may concern kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like a blank letterhead. And I said, I come from a tiny little island in the South Pacific where we've got less than 4 million people. This is them. And... Mm. Um, but we've got like 300 two-packs, 300 Snoop Dogs, um, <laughs> and 500 Biggie Smalls. Um, yeah. as I, I, I don't hold you personally responsible for this, but you know mm. how the game goes. So if you're willing to mm. provide some assistance to this co-papa, this mission mm. statement, then I will be yeah. um, muchly appreciated. Mm -hmm. Of the 14 people I sent there to, 12 of them sent back, yeah. fucking A, let's do it. Yeah. Wow. Because they all That's knew, sick. you know. That's so awesome. The yeah, prisons yeah. are full of two-packs of fucking Snoop Dogs. And, mm. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a treat because it, it worked really well. Mm. Um, the record label at the time, I won't mention their names because they're friends of ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 we're gunning for this whole Funkmaster Flex, you know, kind of what Severe ended up doing kind of vibe from yeah me. yeah but i was the mm. wrong guy for that um, yeah yeah right right wasn't that guy um yeah yeah i was i was more into the spirituality of say mm. reggae music and hip-hop music and jazz mm. and latin and stuff like that more into the yeah, spirituality yeah. of of how it can um soothe the soul yeah like, take away um stress and fucking self-loathing you know so I was more concentrated yeah. on that angle rather than um, shock DJ and fucking all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd just grown yeah, too gun, old. Gun, if they'd gun shot, gun <laughs> yeah, <laughs> If they'd asked me that shit before the true school and were willing to fucking back it up, then we would have been a yeah. go. But yeah, we got yeah. major flavors and all that stuff, so it all worked out for them. Yeah, yeah. I guess in yeah. a way, Phil, Phil kind of kind of filled that kind of end of the market yeah. and went that way, you know. And... Word. And now, and now the ultra, the ultra, don't, don't the, the no. album title makes more sense to me now too. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was giving yeah. back. Music had saved my life as a fucking solo mm. mum, fucking kid in the hood. And yeah, it was yeah. the soothing, it was the soothing harmony and melody of, of reggae music and and James mm. Brown stuff that that yeah. put me right. So I was giving back. Yeah. I was giving back for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And of course, you know, I mean, we've mentioned it already, but. Obviously, you guys started the True School Hip Hop Show, which is, you know, still going in some, I assume, in some sort of shape or form, like to this day. So you guys, you guys birthed the monster. Yeah, weird. And it's, weird. It, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, I remember prior to that, 
the only place you could really hear decent new hip hop releases on the radio was BFM and it was usually Stinky Jim uh, or Dubhead show. They might play two or three hip hop tracks at the end of, of the show or something like that. So you guys kind of saw the, saw the need and, and came in and yeah. delivered that. Yeah. Phil, Phil had, Phil, look, um, I think it was Dubhead went away one summer, like 91, 92. And mm. Dom Nola was running BFM and she said, D, would you fill in for Dubhead show? And I said, yeah, yeah okay. Mm. Um, yeah. So I played like half reggae and half rap songs, you know. Mm. And then that, that was pretty good for a month. I did that. And then when um, Dubhead came over and said, hey, people like the show, you know, mm -hmm. do your own. Mm -hmm. I was still yeah. naive and fresh. I knew that my record collection and catalog was whack compared to others. So I asked, um, I was hanging out with Slave we're making shit. So yep. I was like, bro, come. Um, he's actually an American. It was almost yeah. like yeah. legitimizing yeah. our penguin radio station <laughs> with someone from America who we, yeah. could, we could throw stones at, you know, right in the studio. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and, Sabir, and Phil, Phil was out of the record stores. So there was like mm. fucking an endless source of sound. So I was like, bro, yeah, yeah. Yes, come on in. You know, you can promote your store. Um, yeah. My thing is, yeah. I wanted the, the true school for me, bro, was um, teaching the basic fundamentals of the culture, elemental culture of hip hop. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. yeah. And because those those elements had fed me as a youth into mm. something stable, as opposed to a fucking slave or a robot, mm. um, I was once again trying to feed it to the backs, you know? Yeah, yeah. I remember because Phil worked at um at um True Tone Records at St Luke's, and um you know I grew up obviously I'm from Morningside so that was my local shopping mall, and uh right from eleven or twelve or something I was in there, I mean just staring at the album covers, staring like hoping I'd have enough money to buy something, and going and asking Phil a hundred and one annoying questions you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> and Phil, phil's temperament was always short and sharp you know what i mean he was always yeah. a, a yeah, yeah, abrupt yeah. guy like you know yeah, when yeah. you were young no, and... <laughs> wow. just move out of the way so that someone with money can stand there <laughs> so, well, yeah he had a job to, no, a job to do you know yeah. me too man look, I, um... I don't know i don't know uh he he he's for me because you know he opened a lot of doors for me personally because um, without Weird. without yeah because Phil he gave me the job doing flyers I was fresh out of uh, high school and he gave me all the job doing the graphic design doing mixtape covers and flyers for the ITF gigs and things which mm. then led to doing the artwork for the major flavors things yeah. which then led to yeah. coming to work with him at Back to Basics with, and, with, yeah. Yeah the summit together Very with good. him and Ali, you know, so that guy's open every door for me, you know, he's, he's, he's that dude. <laughs> word. Yeah. Word up, Sevilla, word up. Do you, yeah, bro, those do are you good bug things. Out, good things. Do, you, do you bug out when you see, like, someone like Charles, you know, who's someone who's, whose journey you've, you've been able to chart since he was, you know, 13, 14 years old, when you just see how far he's, he's taken it, you know, like, um, where he is now like it must bug you out in a way like and you must feel a sense of some pride you know and a strong connection to that oh definitely a sense of connection bro but nah mm. we we are supposed to be these these great people mm. we're supposed mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you're supposed yeah. to be you 
you you found yourself you're you you're fantastic mm -hmm. charles is the same um yeah. the idea that that's what fucking hip-hop is all about it's about yeah. helping those 11 year olds and 14 year old boys find their fucking mm -hmm. feet before they're swept up in fucking mm -hmm. stress you know so yeah, charles yeah. good on you as long as you pass that torch on, bro, that's all. Yeah, he, you know, he ran a um, ultra marathon two days ago. He ran yeah. 102 kilometers. Yeah, <laughs> that guy, the guy that used to hassle you for lunch, now is an ultra marathon runner. The guy who called himself Fries and pork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I did see that. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I remember, I remember, bro. One of the last things I said to Charles after the course. I remember saying to him, cause, because it came back and I saw it, and it was to all those guys, um, those kids, like, I don't give a damn what club movement group you mm. you hang out with. Find someone mm -hmm. mm. um, of like-minded mentality and, mm. and be, you know, become a crew. And then it was like yeah. 10 years later, I find out he's a priest, mm. got his own flock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he became like, some... part of the pastoral team of his church. Weird. That's that's run. That's some yeah. gangster hip hop shit right there. That's, yeah, that's yeah. The most gangster hip hop shit you could do. Yeah, bro. Well, you know, I think I think about when someone like him, who came from a really kind of crazy upbringing, you know, and um, his parents weren't always able to be present for him and stuff, and and then he came to Auckland so young. And he kind of was, he was kind of like, kind of out on his own in a way yep. from a very young age. Um, I think he was always looking for that sense of uh, family. And of course, of course. He, he's built several, course, he's bro. built several families, you know, he, he, he built his own family with uh, Janine and the kids. He, he built a family and brought a family kind of mentality to our crew, which is always kind of what's made us like quite enduring. And um, and then obviously with his, his church, you know, and everything, he's got that kind of broader community that he, he participates in and everything. Yeah. It's all <laughs> super, super positive, super positive stuff. But, you know, it's like for me, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a, I, I grew up with, you know, um, parents that were like completely like, I mean, we don't have religion in my family for maybe three generations, you know, that I can tell. And um, I've gone over no religion, but I just feel like it's been such a positive uh, force in, in his life, you know. And um, and, yeah. and as you say, yeah. you know, he, he always had that charisma anyway. He had, he, you know, you knew he was a leader early on. There was something about him that was different, you know. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was crazy. How did, how did you guys stumble over Daniel Tippett? That's always been like, I've never <laughs> kind of known... Like how he came into the picture, like okay, you know, like okay, Tippett, Tippett's from Graven, born and bred, mm. Graven Primary, fucking Ponsonby Intermediate, you know those kids. Mm -hmm. um, he went to school with Otis and Mark and all the other bros around mm. Ponsonby area, oh, and then he moved to Coromandel. So mm. during the early nineties, when um, Joint Force were blazing trees and making music, we. Mm. Um, would score weed from Coromandel. And ah, there you go. <laughs> one, yeah. one, time, one time the weed dealer brings um, some paintings, yeah. brush, you know, acrylic, some paintings mm -hmm. and uh, have a look at them and have a look at the site, the, um, the offering of marijuana that he had for the uh, mm -hmm. amount of money he required was very good. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you can stay and chat. Let's cool. Let's hang yeah. out. And mm-hmm. next thing uh, we're talking, uh, yeah, that's a Nico on your painting. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Fucking, yeah. how'd you like to paint one 12 feet high? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> come, yeah. Come down the back. And this is in um, the original Toe 7, which was up 350k road. And, um, right, right. So the, this game's a bro spray can, like smoking big fucking spliffs and having a titty on the wall in our warehouse. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. We've been painting yeah. ever since that day. It was like 25 yeah. years together. Yeah. That's wild, huh? Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. man. Like, um, just just like the the thing that you guys did at that moment with that wall in New Linen, sorry to keep coming back to it, but it, w- it was a benchmark moment because obviously I'm somebody that was really interested in painting uh, muralistic kind of graffiti and productions and things like that. And that's literally like, these are the first ones that I ever saw they were on that scale and that kind of level of detail. And I think what he, he brought to it was just, um, I think the whole wall in general, you know, it, it was so from here and I say here and I'm sitting in San Jose, California, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. From um, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. And I feel like that's something that, um, you guys kind of really grappled with well. Um, and I feel like, and you probably see it in the music and the painting. It's something that's kind of been a little bit uncomfortable. Like in the local scene, we've always had a little bit of a hard time being a hundred percent authentically ourselves and from Aotearoa and like bring, <laughs> bringing that perspective out there, you know, like it's been a yeah, lot of sure. um, kind of karaoke kind of, kind yeah, of mentality yeah. to, to things, you know, yeah. like how important to you was it to really like really kind of push that, that 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 genuine authentic you know local angle you know in your right. work and, well, and the, what's the, the push what's the when, push when the magazine started kids? coming out you know mm. when the mags started coming through in the mid 90s early 90s and we started mm. seeing um graffiti from spain from fucking mm. um, brazil south africa uh mm. there was a lot of uh people who were trying to imitate wayne and fucking cope and whoever, you know, mm. the guys mm. who were doing their thing from where they're from. So my yep. thing was to step back and look at it, bro, like, mm. our kids don't have enough knowledge to be um, holding on own culture based on biting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my thing was if, in honour of the culture, the, mm. the hip-hop graffiti culture, not just the general graffiti culture, the hip-hop graffiti mm. culture was uh, um, I liked the New York shit because it was uh, what I saw was people trying to paint rainforests and trying to fucking make their city have some sense of home, you know, mm. where most of mm-hmm. these brown folk come from fucking tropical rainforests and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, see, see who pops up. Who's reading Mook's <laughs> comments? What's up, Nick? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, so my thing was to to gift back to the culture of graffiti overseas uh, what was uniquely ours. Yeah. The birds were first, bro. I mean, Nikos and Cody trees, they, they all look alike overseas, you know. But the birds, yeah. we had yeah. that to offer imagery-wise. I'd seen birds painted in murals in, in um, Lower East Side that had parrots and fucking toucans and shit. Mm-hmm. I thought, mate, fuck, imagine we do tuis and 
you know, money like that, that big. Uh, we, I'd actually taught yeah. this to Charles while doing the Wall of Fame. Me and Daniel were yeah. big on the birds, and I just, it was our thing. And yeah. um, the kids, they just put it in their back pocket until they needed it. Yeah, and 15 yeah, yeah. years later, Charles Bird Gang, rest is history. Booyah. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild because, um, you know, something that's really interesting that I've observed, um, you know, and I, I mentioned this in one of the earlier chats. Uh, I'm not sure if it was with Claude or Fina, but, um, you know, there were Maori artists in Sydney, mozzies, as you said, you know, like, so you had your guys over there and Prince being yeah. probably one of the yeah, yeah. Haro, yeah, main, main. Yeah. yeah. So Haro, like, yeah, he was super influential because you have to consider, like, the first two graffiti magazines basically in the world are, like, you know, IG Times, Phase 2's magazine from New York, and then Hype magazine from Australia yeah. was basically, like, shortly after. And you got all these guys from Australia that were then like influencing people out uh, in Europe and even in in New York City, you know. And um, I see connections uh, and shapes in people's um, pieces in New York, even people like Wayne and, and stuff, you know, COD guys in that, um, in that era. When I looked at it, um, there's stuff that I feel like they were riffing and kind of like soaking up some of the influence, the international influence too. And I see shapes that I think are distinctly Maori in their in their stuff during that mm. particular time. Yeah, and I, I I think there's something very there's something very poignant about that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of that cross kind of uh, influence. You know, but yeah. also the power of the power of those kind of shapes. But also the way that it was appropriated in the same way we kind of then appropriated from them. You know, maybe without the kind of understanding or whatever, but. That, that's something I've kind of thought of a lot because I, I wonder if um, some of these artists deserve a little more credit, you know, particularly Prince. And yeah, it seems that there yeah, was a, a lot of key players in the in the Sydney scene, particularly who were Maori or Samoan, you know, because Sol Lee, you know, he was very early in the yeah. in the Sydney scene as well. Oh, bro, think, um, mm. DJ J, what up, Cuz? Um, Norm <laughs> Normski, yeah, yeah, Cuz. Mm -hmm. These dudes are. New Zealand folk, Leo, um, yeah, tons of them, tons. Sydney yeah. was like, um, it was like Auckland's older sister or something. It was mm. when when us Aucklanders, when we went to Sydney, we got we were treated like fucking cousins, and that was it's fantastic yeah. going to Sydney for the hip hop. Yeah. The hip -hop. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you um so you're like a, you actually were like a founding member of damn native right like you guys started native base first was a native base yeah yeah and that so was, I was, on the, I was live, in the posse right like a, i was in the posse yeah. and got into a bit of a tiff with the bro mm -hmm. about um circles of friends so fucking mm -hmm. goodbye then the next yeah. day rung the bros let's have a hui let's start a band yeah there was a tribal base. Tribal base, tribal. that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, native base. Yeah. And then native we went base, to yeah. Wally to a gig, done a gig in Wellington, and one of my bros had started tribal base. Uh, so instead of having two fuck, one band in Auckland, one band in Wellington with the same angle, we came mm -hmm. back after that gig and said, bros, we've got to change the native base. Mm -hmm. We've got to change it. Yeah. How, how, did you, how did you meet Danny? Like, how did he <laughs> come, come to your radar? <laughs> Hype was a uh, school kid selling weed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that. 
<laughs> come by one of the come by one of the bros places while we're having a band practice and mm. the rest is history. He um he hung out with us, he liked what he was what he's what he was hearing. Um the vibe yeah. was it was five Māori guys in a room fucking in Simon Street in the stables, uh jamming, you know. Yeah. Uh he hung around for a couple of weeks and asked them, Do you what do you, you wanna be in the band, what do you wanna do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so fuck that was it. That was the beginning of the damn natives. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like could you see something could you see that kind of like um that power that he had? Because to me, I think he's the most influential MC in, in our in our history, you know. I think as far as just opening up the door and kind of just changing things and bringing things more to kind of, you know, a local kind of like point of view. I, I mean, hype, I, I can't think of it. Yeah, was, I can't think hype, of anyone. He just hypes just a normal Māori kid, and he was fortunate enough to hook up with us. Where being a normal Māori kid was alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, was it yeah. a lot of people know Marty boys as dudes who are either trying to fucking um, swindle some life out of you or they don't know shit. The thing right. about um, about Posse, the thing about Damn Native, the thing about DLT, True School, all my shit has been mm. just be unapologetically a Marty dude from Aotearoa. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we, 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 yeah. We don't. We don't have to be Americans. We don't have to be Kiwis. We don't. We can be ourselves. Mm. Um, my yeah. thing is, my thing is with my art and my music. It's all just a fucking expression of a vibration that comes from within. Mm. That's what it's about. Be the best you can, and if if you're good at it, if you if you have some self feel about what you do, you understand this. We're yeah. artists. Uh, then. Whatever you create is going to have that vibration that's going to give someone who comes mm. along a buzz. You know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, um, um, I know. Yeah. So, you continue. Yeah, yeah, so. So, just what well, the whole vibe cause has been hip hop has given us a vehicle to show the world what real contemporary Māori boys are about. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm too old for that shit now. I'm an old man now. But <laughs> but the the young fella never leaves your heart. And hip hop, yeah, yeah. being a hip hop creator and innovator, as opposed to a slave or a robot, has allowed me to mm. retain all of myself, including yeah, yeah, my young yeah. self, including my young mm -hmm. self. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I was at um, Ollie Green from Urban Disturbances, like twenty first birthday. I was like sixteen. I used to hang out with his younger brother, a guy hard up. We were the two two little brats that somehow managed to like weasel our way in there and hang out, and we were like, you know, I mean, it was a little bit more normal for Guy because he saw these people, but for me, like seeing, you know, hype playing pool and Soli was there and uh, <laughs> yeah. Ma Man Manuel Bundy was the, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Manuel Bundy was uh, asleep on the couch because he'd been DJing <laughs> all night and like. I'm just like totally, you know, Zane Lowe's walking around. I think I like cornered him and did some real embarrassing freestyle to him, you know, and he was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like kind of like don't give up your day job kind of. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I remember going up to um, uh, to Hype, uh, to Danny, and he was he was playing pool. And I said, oh, man, I really love your verse on that uh, Relay song on because the, the Urban Disturbance album had 
maybe just come out or was about to come out and uh, I had a cassette of it for a while. I said, I'd never heard anything like it because it was so local. And I said, man, it's so original. <laughs> and he turns around and he just looks at me and he goes, original, bro, original. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, mind blowing, you know. <laughs> like, I think I like was so stoked to be a little 16-year-old um, rubbing shoulders with all these people. I, I think I talked about it all year afterwards. I was like, People are like, oh, yeah, tell us about Ollie Green's 21st again, because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> too, too funny. But I, I, I know we think we're kind of playing it pretty cool when we're young, but I'm sure it must have been funny seeing us all around, kind of like just watching us all grow and watching us try to make our, our moves as well, you know, like. Kind Absolutely. Of, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. I, I want to talk a bit about like um, what you've been doing lately, because I, You've gone. You've gone back to the Hawks Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And and you're you're painting a lot. You just had a show recently, uh, and yeah. that's that's a work work behind you in the style of what you what you did. I don't oh yeah, yeah. How how has that so, been? That yeah. That's a that's couple awesome. of years old now. Mm. Yeah, I really cool. enjoy all the new work. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Talk, uh, tell tell me a bit about it. Like, what's going all on? Right. You know how that's going was. I was, um, my mum got sick a few years back mm -hmm. and uh, the doctor reckons, oh, she's only got a little bit to live. You better come home and see her. Okay. So I come home. My mum's fucked. Yeah. She's dead, dying mm -hmm. in bed. I'm sitting there holding her hand. The, the doctor goes, you go three days. Yeah. Six months later, she's still there. Nine yeah. months later, she's still there. It goes on for two and a half oh. years. My lady's a savage. Yeah. Um, so I was home. <laughs> the, I was home again. I was comfortable for the last 30 years i've been sneaking home for funerals and family dues and stuff mm. having my three days of kissing and cuddling everyone and fucking off back to the city but i had to stay here yeah. and i kind of um you know just got attached i guess just felt mm. comfortable I was, I was in total turmoil with my mum passing she's my everything she was my father my mother my yeah. fucking everything mm. um mm. anyway my sister my brother and sister, there's three of us. There's me, my brother, and my sister. We'll come back to be by the old lady while she passes over. And um, mm -hmm. then my brother fucks off back to France where he lives. And my sister's like, mm -hmm. I'm fucked, bro. When, when the old lady goes, I'll be fucked. So anyway, I decided, mm -hmm. fuck it, I'm going to come home and see. Even just for a year, and just hang out yeah. by and you know, laugh and cry and shit. Anyway, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. It's my amazing. sister, my sister was my sister teaches weaving. She's a varanga kayako right. at the Wananga. So over at the yep. Wananga, where she works, I go and visit her because I'm bored. I'm doing mm -hmm. shit, shit. So I go and visit yeah. her, and I, I had to go through um, the painting section of the of the wa. And there's no yeah. shit, but there's sixty people painting canvases. Yeah. you know. Wow. So I rock in there, and there's it's all run by this Sith Lord called Sandy Edshead. And he, <laughs> yeah. he's a savage guy. And yeah. my sister my sister goes, Sandy, this is Daryl, this is my brother, he's an artist. And mm. Sif Lord gives me the mongrel mob look over like <laughs> 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 And I'm like, who the fuck? Who, who's this geezer? And yeah. anyway he goes, Oh are you into art? And I'm like, yeah yeah and he goes, have you got a CV? And I'm like, nah. I've got an Instagram yeah. account. That's why I throw on my yeah. shit on and sell it. And he goes, yeah. I look. And he fucking goes through my Instagram. The next day, he rings up, 
come and have a meeting. So I go and have a hui and he says, um, I says, oh, what do you think of my, my art? And he goes, oh, I didn't really. But I like the company you keep. What? He's old school gangster as. And, um, <laughs> so, yeah, he just oh knocked God. me around like, like I was a punk <laughs> bitch that I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he just kept like he just kept going like this. Run over here. Run over here. And I kept running into it like doom. Oh doom. <laughs> so after about the fifth smashing, I bowed yeah. down. I'm like, fuck, I've been yeah. looking for a, a Jedi master <laughs> for years to you know, yeah. I, and I told him straight up, I'm like, bro, I've been the boss for thirty years, it sucks. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to relax and learn something. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're being taught by someone who's that evil that, <laughs> <laughs> that it goes in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd been a teacher since 1958. So he's heard every excuse. He can see the excuses forming in the wrinkles of your eyes. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's so evil that I, that I absolutely adore the motherfucker. And uh, wow. like, I cook for him. That's the yeah. best thing you can do for yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah. Jedi masters cook food for him. yeah, bro. <laughs> so he's um, mate. He, I swear, he tore me a new ass with my understanding of um the relationship of space, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, I, I, I can see the way that these paintings um that's that's something that they have. They yeah. have a hierarchy in space. They have contemplative space. Yeah, and yeah. Um, that's that's the first thing I thought about them when I saw them. Like, I I think they look really amazing, you know. And True. and and you can see the growth. You can see the growth. Yeah, you can see the yeah. growth. Yeah. yeah, and that's what he likes. He's yeah. like, fuck if I can make an old rock like you learn, mm. then it should mm. be easy for these younger ones, you know. Because I'm like the second yeah. oldest guy in the classroom, and there's these fucking yeah. nineteen year olds who want to be moko artists who can do cool yeah. with their eyes shut. And no oh, way wow. can I let them burn <laughs> me. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hip hop awesome. in me That's just awesome. won't allow it. I'll stay up yeah. fucking four days and finish this shit. You know. Wow, wow. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's really yeah. liberating because it's really liberating because yeah, yeah. Um, with with be... the with the um with the fucking magic this old guy has got comes mm. the language of it, um, mm. the flavor of it. You know, it's a lot. Mm. There's a lot more to uh, being a. As we know, as we get older and refine ourselves mm. as human beings, um, this mm -hmm. guy's 82, mm -hmm. so he's like, yeah. he's like me talking to the new gen. <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Wow. So yeah, wow. I'm, I'm very fortunate, man. Very fortunate, man. And um, it's you know, amazing. I want to leave. I want to leave shit for my mm. muckles. You know, because. Mm. Uh, yeah. My grandfather had all his land taken off him and so forth, so we got no assets. Um, mm -hmm. My paintings, bro, if I can fill the attic with yeah. 30, 40 fucking canvases yeah. for my kids and their kids, then that's yeah. the whole fucking point of the exercise. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. What, I don't want to waste DLT when I, when I end. Yeah. It, I want it to, to carry on for... Um, mm. For my kids to have a, uh, not an easy road, not to become fucking mm. complacent and privileged. No, no, no. Just to mm. know that they come from awareness, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
what a great fucking life we had. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And because um, cause you have a much younger kid too, eh? Like, um, yeah. And so, and so she, a daughter, right? Yeah, she's a lifesaver. As, how she, how she enjoyed the move to to Hawke's Bay has been. Oh, uh, she, she lives with her mama in um, Tikawiti. Mm. So oh, wow. I have her on the holidays. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're that that kind awesome. of family. Awesome. But um, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she, bro, is incredible because um, she thinks that this is normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. she'll film something and then edit it, and then she'll fucking do a TikTok, and then she'll draw a fucking outline, and then yeah, wow. it's just normal <laughs> shit around here. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, man. It's yeah. amazing how things have kind of come full full circle in a way, you know, like are coming coming back home in a lot of ways, and then um, and now going through this kind of like process of relearning or you know allowing yourself to, yeah. to, to be ment- be mentored. Like I, I think there's something really beautiful yeah. in that, man. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, it's incredible, bro. Honestly, um, the the wisdom and the um dry humor that my my elders had. Mm. That I that I'd lost in in Auckland yeah. in thirty years of being the old boring yeah. guy, um, right, right, is given back. It's kind of like wow. Okay, it's like mm. a third chance almost. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny because as, as much as I love Auckland, you know, and I've I've lived out of Auckland for the last um, well since two thousand sixteen. I've I've been gone. I spent spent a uh, good part of the last four years in New York. You know, which was a, a trip because it, it breaks you. You know, it's a it's a hard city yeah. to 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 survive in Fuck for anyone, and except Fuck except you. for the super super wealthy. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it and it changes you. You know, like you you realize like um, Auckland's kind of it is a city, but it's not in so many ways. Mm. You know, like um, and, the and there's something really <laughs> it is, and yeah. but still, when I think of coming home, I I just I don't know. I don't know if I if I come back long term where I'm going to land, you know, and and it's funny because you know I'm originally from Palmerston North, um, but I haven't lived there since '84. Wow. Um, but I went I went back for a festival uh, two years ago. Oh no, beginning of last year, and um, honestly, man, I just uh, I was I was really feeling it, you know, and I felt yeah. a lot of a lot of places. A lot of places. That, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I. Yeah. Like seeing their charm and their power, you know, and seeing like their pace and the way things operate is kind of like I could I could envision myself there more than Auckland in a lot of ways. Yeah, know? yeah. See, I it's, never, I never, fickle... I never meant to come back to Hawke's Bay. I was supposed to yeah. um, end up in fucking Spain or something, you know, yeah, yeah. somewhere, somewhere fucking kooky. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But coming home was. Like I told you, you know, that's why I told you that story. Was the reason for it was to mm. to assist in um, my family. Yeah. But um, but when I got back here, bro, I was I turned back into Daryl. I wasn't DLT anymore. I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only him, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's weirdly the thing I love. So about yeah, I could. Um, in... So you. Oh, sorry. I just um, just saying that the only reason why I can paint mm. is because all the external pressure of yeah being that Auckland city guy was gone. Yeah, yeah. Was gone. 
and and sometimes it's weird like because you start like um maintaining an expectation you know you're kind of um your legacy as DLT is something you have to kind of maintain the way that I feel about my name and my crews and everything. But when I went to New York, I, I, I got broken down, you know, like uh, I was just nothing anonymous. Like uh, mm. it's easy to be a, feel like a big fish, you know, in a small pond, you know, and you, you go somewhere else and, and suddenly no one gives a shit. Like they don't care, you know, no one cares. Everyone's mm. so stressed out about whatever it is they're trying to do, like trying to, trying to um do laundry as a, a, hassle, yeah, yeah, yeah. a hassle in new york you yeah, know yeah. like it's just like everything's stressful and um being a nobody is like the best the best and most liberating thing it was powerful you know because i got to get to the core of like uh what i'm what i'm about you know and what i want to make you know and um it's it's a good it's a good feeling you know now when that old uh feeling you know, the kind of toxic kind of graffiti guy persona starts creeping back in and all of the entitlements and everything. I feel, I just catch myself now and I feel so stupid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, bro, what are you doing? You know, like Wait. someone, Wait. someone goes, yeah, yeah. someone says something to you on the internet and you, you find yourself stewing about it and fantasizing yeah. about all these things you're going to do and say and everything. And it's like, what am I doing? Like, it's I'm going like, you know, so so to write this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, destroy everything that they ever did, you know, like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's so pathetic, you know. I feel like graffiti is like a really powerful vehicle when we're young. Uh, for the reason that you said earlier, it, it gives you a, an infrastructure. It gives you a set of rules and a, an idea, a code of conduct and a way to kind of move. But um, I'm glad you talked about your, your, your journey, your recent journey, you know, the last few years, because it's like, I feel like, there's a point where you got to let go, right? You know, and let the young young guys do their thing and um, and 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 evolve into your next your next phase, you know. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very good. That's Chris. that's why I was that's why I was so stoked to to uh, stumble over your Instagram when I did, and and you were working on all these new paintings, and I was just like, damn, like every day, like every couple of days, a new painting was popping up. And I was like wow 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 like super super hyped on them <laughs> honestly they're, they're happening that quick i think i've done 128 paintings in two years wow damn <laughs> yeah i'll show you damn, found... yeah <laughs> please <laughs> that's two years old that guy yeah nice but uh, you know like doing this stuff in our graffiti world, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm just cleaning up the edges, you know, where, yeah. <laughs> where shit yeah. hangs out. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. My, my boss, I was saying, he's like, what are those? What are those? Yeah. And I said, yeah. we call them bits. They're called ads. They're yeah. doodads. They're add-ons. They're yes. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. they look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you uh, even respond to that? You just like, you, just, oh, no, you just have to pick a... Fuck. Yeah. yeah, he's like, they, you're not, you don't, you're not considering them. They're just added on like they don't, they're not considered. What are they? So yeah, yeah bro, bam. Yeah. So he's trying yeah. to, he's trying to get you to focus on what's necessary <laughs> and what's not. Oh fuck, he's teaching me to see with fucking all eye. Yeah, fucking good shit. Real good for the mind. <laughs> uh, helps, <laughs> helps put mm. shit in perspective. Like all facets of life become yeah. interlocked once you stop 
mm. considering highlight and the light, light, mm. light, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Graffiti taught me heaps about the palette. Sandy loves my palette. That's why he lets me mm. rock that number yeah. of works. Mm -hmm. he, it really excites him with pellets. But, um, yeah. I'll, bro, I'll tell you what, and I'm doing a degree, and then in three years, yep. I'd say he's just, just fucking 20%, you know? Yeah. There's there's so much negative shit up in here from the grime of railway tracks and mm. and envy and so forth, you know. That, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To get me to think from a from a centered space is taking a while. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm just yeah. about to dive dive into the real deep stuff. It's like a year of written shit for so I can get a master's and maybe become an art teacher. I don't know. I don't know. Damn, that's that's awesome. Fuck that's, administration. Oh, this, this... Fuck administration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where would you where would you envision yourself teaching like in a wananga as well like in that type of setting like like because i think a yeah. lot of great art is coming out of these spaces like some of the best i've seen you know yeah what i want to do cuz is um have tribal regional art schools mm. um that compete you know i want to take the battle element of mm. hip-hop culture to um, to engage with fucking numbskulls on cell phones and drinking V, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a a counterculture yeah. against the um the the slavery, the digital slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's that's awesome. I think it's really necessary too. I, I, yeah, I'm a, I kind of got good. I, I'm excited about the prospect of seeing this man. Like, uh, what what evolves from this man? I, this is this yeah. is cool. I promise you, this year in Hawke's Bay, we will start this. Was, yeah. You know, it's it's the counter against the um, the fear that is being promoted at the moment through non-vaccine vaccines, COVIDs, and you know mm -hmm. all of all of the um death and sadness. Jobless, mm -hmm. jobless, but um, yeah, yeah, we've mm -hmm. got to carry on, and I feel mm -hmm. that um. Places are being squashed, mm. like uh, by this invisible force. So we need to mm -hmm. um, uplift and 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 like we did in the eighties and the nineties, mm. is do it yeah. again, do it again. Yeah. But this time, uh, with us in positions of middle management as opposed to, mm. like fucking Christchurch, bro. Damn. Yeah, 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 Damn. yeah. Damn, yeah. there's some art down there. I saw your piece down there. Fucking mm. mad, man. Yeah, I mean, that was like, I mean, you know, we had a, uh, you know, and obviously it's a, a, a silver lining to a, a really shitty situation. Yeah, Petro was in here before. A few people yeah. popped up, man. Let's go. When, you know, obviously it was a silver lining of a really shitty situation, you know, but Christchurch you yeah. know, did present an opportunity. R right, all of that kind of uh, corresponded with when we were starting to transition into making much larger work. And also having a studio work that kind of looked more similar to our outdoor work and vice versa. And so, you know, the festivals that happened down there were our first opportunity within our country to like go and do something on the scale of what we saw people doing overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I definitely felt a huge amount of optimism, you know, about what was going on down there. Um, Christchurch, you know how it used to be, man. It was a tough, tough town, man. Uh, I, yeah. I think that was like, I, I, you, 
every everyone was lovely in Christchurch until about you know like eight thirty p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly it was just like all our brawls, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah, um, Charles yeah bro, we we had, took yeah, we had some fucking Barneys down there, all right, back in the day. But now, yeah, now Christchurch is kind of like it's kind of like a, a city that had a war about you know twenty years ago and is slowly rebuilding. But with all the art yeah. around. And but there's still just like thousands of white people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like in a bombed out city full of murals. I'd expect to find hash and heroin and shit, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a weird place, man. You know, like yeah, when, Char yeah. when Charles and I went down there the very first time um, for it wasn't the hip hop summit in 2000. It was in 2001, and it was like the bootleg hip-hop summit uh johnny nicknamed it the hip-hop summit, and it was like the, the you were there oh, we were all there Remember, oh, we, we painted me you um like lurk um uh, ecb from germany was painting uh joke fiasco yeah. um i got a there's a group photo charles just yeah. posted it the other day and it's like all of us standing uh yeah, in we're... front of the wall that we painted yeah. and uh, i think four corners are in the yeah. photo it was it was a good time either way but we we all went to a bar yeah. on the first night of the the event, and uh, <laughs> and uh, me and uh, Charles and Scribe and a couple of other guys, you know, went walking through the streets and we got had a run in almost instantly with a carload of skinheads, you know, which was just like blew my mind because I hadn't seen skinheads like like full neo Nazi skinheads in a They kind oh, of spawned the posse. Like, yeah, yeah, sorry, you cut it. You yeah, cut no, the Christchurch days. I, the Christchurch yeah. days. I remember that first summit, and I remember you guys going to that bar. It was some yeah. fucking R and B after fucking function bar, and I remember yeah. saying, "No, no, 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 go go back to your double glazed <laughs> fucking hotel and get the fuck out of there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we learned, man. We learned the hard way. I remember. I remember seeing scribe yeah. scribe ran yeah. across to this car of skinheads. And he like shook, like he like he like put all his weight on the car, and he like shook the car like this, and just like screaming at these skinheads, yeah, yeah. and they ended up like they they fully sacked it and like drove off, and I was just like, damn, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Was, that's, yeah. that's just how you have to deal with them down there. Yeah, though. yeah, you, you go psycho Samoan <laughs> mode, and yeah, you're yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was pretty pretty amazing, man. It was an amazing experience. I, I see, yeah. I see a lot of um, you know, the. Auckland's become a really kind of not really a very viable place to do what we do since the Rugby World Cup. Um, you know, the big cleanup in 2010 and then 2011 on just became not really a viable place. And the energy was like all wrong. And it's trying to be something that it's not. It's forgotten its uh, its character and it's forgotten the culture, you know, that it had, you know, um, and the 90s. Uh, and early 2000s, you know, there was a lot of magic, you know, like to, in my eyes, you know, it was very magical. It might have been just that I was that I wasn't very cynical at that age and really excited about it or whatever. But um, I've seen that it's these other centers throughout the country which uh, uh, really become much more viable and, uh, and, and embracing of what we do, you know. And that's why, once again, I said I, I was in Palmy, uh, you know, last year and I was just like for the uh, Street Prince Festival and I was just like, I never thought I would say it, but I could feel myself like could feel, feel that, that cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. See, Hastings is fantastic, yeah. bro. It's got 
it's like the it's got an anti thing going on where everyone's buying heaps of land all over the country except Hastings. Mm. No one wants to right, right. It, which is pretty right. fucking cool as far as I'm concerned. Like yeah. we have a, we have a three <laughs> minute traffic yeah. jam. You know, so at KFC at five thirty, there's a traffic yeah. jam. Yeah. it's it's actually pretty cool actually pretty cool and i tell you what i'm fucking so glad i don't live in spain now (laughs) even though my poor brothers are fucked i'm fucking glad i'm here yeah you know hastings has never looked so good (laughs) yeah man no especially right now bro like honestly we're we're in like uh one of the worst counties in california you know for covid and it's 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 just it's it's a very strange existence over here, you know, at the moment, the United States I generally, bet, just what they've been, been through over the last four years in particular, it's, uh, it's, it's yeah. a mess, you know, and yeah. people, people are messed up from it, you know, um, you know, I, I'm looking, I'm, I'm getting on a plane in two weeks and I'm flying home and I'll, I'll do my, 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 uh, my wife and I'll do our two weeks in quarantine yeah. and yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, you know this lockdown, this current lockdown is over, and uh, you know we can come and decompress for a little while, man, and just feel a little yeah, bit bro. of that good energy again, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Well, bro, I just want to say, man, thanks heaps for for your time and just um just dropping more gems and more knowledge on us, man. I learned a learned a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know once again, which is like super good. <laughs> And I, I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you, man. I, I, I appreciate all the, the generosity over the years, and uh, you know the, the impact that you, you had, and quietly too, man. Like you know, you weren't always asking for the, for the credit. But I just wanted you to know that we, we see it. You know, we understand, especially now as we get older. You know, Move just on. how much, uh, how much you put in, in place, bro. And um, yeah, man, respect, man. Peace, bro. Thank you, Abe. It's been good catching up, no, cuz. To... Likewise, bro. And I'm going to have to come and drop in on you once I once I do a little road trip, once I'm back. I'll have to come past for a visit sometime and check out the paint. Word. Word, do that. Word. That'd yeah. be awesome, bro. Yo, Bye, I just man. want to say um, shout-out to everyone who tuned in. What up? Dulce yeah. Love. TC5 uh, up in there, bro. Yep. Blessings. Blessings, madam. Anyone else? I saw your <laughs> names roll through. Oli Mayaba, bro. Oli mm-hmm. Mava, there's another hip hop history here, dear cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi. What up, Numa? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cousin, I'm going to go. Awesome, bro. Thank you so much, man, and take care. Sweet, bro. See you, bro. See you, bro.